For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Iowa? You are listening to this right now knowing that your Hawkeyes are number two in all of the United States of America. Top two. Top two. That's wild. I cannot wipe a smile off my face. Wow. Long time coming. I feel like we've been waiting for this for a long time. This is the first time in the Kirk Ferentz era that he's been ranked this high. Really? Yes, sir. That's pretty crazy to think about. I we were know. close in 15. What was the highest ranking you guys had? You know everything about 2015. <laughs> I can't remember if we got into four. I think we were at five when we played Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship. Okay. Anyway, number two in the nation. Oh, that's pretty cool. Three versus four. We were both five and oh, and we came out six and oh. Three, <laughs> four, five, six, and now, now it's two, three, four, five, six. See how I did that? Now we're two. Dope. <sighs> okay, cool. So, Kinnick and the surrounding areas were wild on Saturday. So I usually get there game time, three o'clock. I got there about noon, went to my parking lot area. And typically the lot that I park in, not that busy, not too bad. But this game, twas a Rightfully lot. Rightfully so. A lot of people. I was not even, I was shocked when I pulled in. I just, I don't know. It's been a while since <laughs> I've seen that many people there. Not only that, but sold out. Yeah. Yes. Completely sold out sold out again this coming weekend anyway um so long story short here someone had to park my car for me okay yeah so i drive a very large suv a mom car and before you say matt why didn't you park it i did not go oh yeah i'll get to that in a second but i drive a very large suv so many people people are moving tents and bags games not cornhole by the way it's bags Agreed. Um, <laughs> moving stuff out of the way for me to come through because i was that jerk that was there a little bit later than everyone else and this nice man um he was the dad of an, a girl that was there and um he was like yeah i can park it for you sweetest guy now that that's called iowa nice <laughs> hawks helping hawks i figured you know what if this guy who clearly has driven a car longer than i have and is probably better if he crashes it I definitely would have. So let's just let it rip. At that point, it was like, I, I can't do it. So whoever wants to try, you got it. He backed it in and everything. It was so great. Um, yeah. And then went over to the Hawk Walk. Guys came in. It was so great. And then I gave, you know, a little like pump up speech to the fans that were there, just kind of talking to them and whatever. And uh, same thing I do every game. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to be overconfident. I'm going to put some positive vibes into the air. Thank God it came out <laughs> the way that it did. Well, did you guarantee a win? Of course I did. I was like, we're going to beat Penn State, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after, as I was saying it, I was like, man, I hope I don't eat my words. 
But at the same time, I was like, I'm not going to eat my words. There you go. We got this. I'm reading a book called The Energy Bus. It's all about that positive vibes, positive energy. Put it out there. Did you feel it? Yeah. I felt the positive energy. How could you not in Kinnick? I did at home. At home. Yeah, let's talk about that. So I have to give a huge uh, public shout out to Matt because he is officially winning husband slash dad of the year this year. Um, So obviously I work every Saturday game day um, and Matt has stayed home every single game with baby Dax, Um, except for one. He got to go to the very first game of the year. But he has stayed home and watched him so that I could go to work. And not only that, but um, not going to say let, because that's not the right word, but allowed me and supported me in living out my dream of, of um, reporting and, and hosting the Hawks. So huge shout out to him. He's the best. Everyone already knew he's a good guy, but this well, just solidifies it. Yeah, Dax, um, Dax wouldn't handle that situation very well. He's a bit more um, involved. To say the least. Never stops. He never stops. Uh, Speaking of never stops, the injuries. Oh, man. (laughs) That was a great segue. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. It was every what play after like five play over 10 yards or something. It was anytime we seem to have any sort of momentum. There was a Penn State player that had like some very nice, uh, nicely timed cramp. And then and then sat out of play and then came right back in. Now there was one, uh, there was you one know, game actually before uh, you say that. Joel Klatt um, mm. even brought that up. He was like, you know, it's kind of interesting. I feel like this crowd's starting to pick up on the amount of injuries that Penn State is having during Iowa drives. Yeah. Well, it takes me back to it was like an early two thousands game. I can't remember what year it was, but we were facing Michigan State. I would have been like 10. I don't even know how old I was at the time. But I remember this very clearly because everybody was pissed that um, it was like every time, again, we gained momentum or had a great play, there seemed to be a Michigan State player on the field. And you're like, guys, get it together. I don't know. Gave me deja vu a little bit. Trying to get him, trying to get Spencer out of rhythm. I see. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago where it was like once he gets in rhythm, once our offense really starts clicking, there's it seems to be. No stopping them, but they figured out a way. Hopefully the uh, the rest of the Big Ten didn't figure it out as we continue on because that could get pretty irritating pretty, pretty quickly. Annoying. Yeah. There was one injury that actually became an injury, although we don't know what exactly happened. I heard hamstring. I heard shoulder. I heard back. I heard upper, like upper body. Okay. Is what I saw last, I think. Um, yeah, Sean Clifford went out. Which is crazy because he only so he played the first quarter in like i don't know four or five plays in the second and he was their leading passer and their leading rusher at the end of the game Jeez, yeah so heart goes out to sean clifford and hopefully uh, a speedy recovery yeah definitely great player um so part of me remember when we talked about uh how the patriots came in versus tampa bay with like a very clear game plan Mm -hmm. as they were doing all those little um injuries i was like was this their thought out game plan ahead of time i really hope not i hope not either but it seemed like they stopped in the second half um maybe i'm wrong but it seemed like it kind of tapered off um it it must have been played a lot softer in the second half so there weren't so many injuries yeah that's what it was we were taking it easier on them Mm -hmm. (laughs) but the actual game plan james franklin had said before this game um, that it was going to be turnovers and explosive plays 
for the Nittany Lions that would get them the win. <clears throat> and it went the other way. He was correct, though, in his points. He was correct, just not for his team. So explosive plays, we outnumbered them six to five, turnovers four to one. Let's start with those explosive plays, though. We got to start with Nico's touchdown. I have to. That was epic. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, Nico didn't get off to a great start, I felt like, in the game, but came back, and we're going to talk about two of his explosive plays. Yeah, good for him, though, too, to battle back from something like that. You get a couple of drops. Well, receiver is a head game. Yeah. Like, you drop one, and that ball instantly becomes a lot tougher to catch, I want to say. I mean, it, it's just a head game. You know, it's just one of those things you got to go back to trusting yourself. Um, but as far as this, so this is why it's important to run the football. This is why it's important. I talked about it before. You put in plays because of Penn State's defense, but you put in plays to play off of plays that you've already done. I talked about last week, they ran the bootleg a crap ton against Maryland. And we ran it on the first drive. And I think Luke Lachey got like 10, 10 yards or so. So we come back, we run the exact same bootleg. The only difference was there was nobody in the flat as Spencer was rolling out. He just kind of ran a clear out. Nico goes across. The safety that's responsible for him sucks up because he's like, I've seen this play literally 9 million times. <laughs> he's going to come across. I'm going to suck up and get it. But we had a wrinkle. <laughs> We had a wrinkle. Nico sticks his foot in the ground, goes across. And I don't think people understand how far that throw is for Spencer. Because not only is it like, oh, it was 27 yards downfield. He's throwing it about 40 yards to the side because mm. he's on the opposite hash, throwing it all the way across to the numbers. So that's a, it, it was a great throw, great play call. Nico and his, uh, I don't, I don't know what his 40 time is, but he just eked out, and <laughs> yeah. just eked out the ability to, to, uh, to get a touchdown, which I think will go down as one of the bigger plays in Kinnick. Oh yeah. Which is great. Um, gave me a little bit of a vintage 89 feel, I think with the, the touchdown in the corner, that front corner, I've seen a lot of, um, diving touchdowns into the pylon by another 89. It's all for aesthetics. Yeah. You, you don't actually just want to run it in for the ease of it. You'd rather dive. Yeah. Well, Think about it. Photo ops, videos. Makes you look cooler. Of course. You tried harder. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Keegan Johnson. Let's talk about him. Another young guy taking care. Well, we talked about he took advantage of his opportunities against Colorado State. And then Arlen Bruce took advantage of his opportunities in Maryland. Now we came back to Keegan Johnson. It's the fourth quarter, big time play. It's 13 to 20 at the time. He catches a hitch and he does what he's coached to do, which is tuck the ball in your outside hand and spin outside. Typically, the DB should be shooting outside to keep you in. But at the same time, DB's thinking, I've got the sideline as an extra defender. So if I shoot inside, I'll have a shot. Well, mm -hmm. Keegan spins to the outside, makes a man miss. The only thing I didn't like is while he was running, he switched the ball from his left hand to his right risky business well that's where all the bad guys are all the bad guys are coming from the inside to strip it but keegan johnson shows some muscle he turns a five yard hitch into 42 yards mm. i mean that's that's pretty incredible especially for a young guy in that situation so then we've got charlie jones um gets a pass interference call i love to see it you know i like a good pass interference call i feel like they're few and far between first of all i also think um they could probably be called more. And I think the only reason that I believe that is because I was so um, keyed in on watching just you on every single play. Even if you weren't getting the ball, I was like, he was all over him. Throw the flag. You know, everyone's like, what are you talking about? And so I just really like when a passing appearance <laughs> call is called. But anyway, after that, had another third and nine. And a big play came off of that. 
I think that pass interference call and this third and nine were the two plays that solidified Iowa's ability to come back. Hmm. I think that's where the tide changed. Before that pass interference call, we were going to go three and out. I mean, it wasn't going to be a great offensive stint. Uh, I want to say it was 14-3, it was something like that. And um, we get the pass interference call, then we hit that third and nine, and Spencer has to show that he's got some toughness, he's got some cojones, he's going to stand in... <laughs> He's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to face like two or three D linemen that are screaming down at him, waiting for a hit. And he hits Nico on the crossing route. Again, Nico coming back um, and being there when he needed to be. Turns a nine yard, 10 yard catch into 22 yards or something like that. Mm -hmm. And again, that started the ball rolling. And I think we ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. Now let's talk about Goodson. 25 carries for 88 yards. Not a whole lot to write home about, but just enough to establish that run to open it up for the wide receivers like you always talk about. Good, balanced Iowa football. Uh, Tell me what you know about Goodson. Well, again, being consistent with the run made Nico's touchdown happen. Being consistent with that made the play action stuff happen. And... uh, even though they had eight or nine guys in the box, which they did sometimes where they were daring us to throw. And I'm a receiver. If I'm seeing one-on-one on the outside, give me a shot. You know, like it's, <laughs> uh, I, that's what I love. And and that was something that CJ was really good at, was finding a one-on-one and taking advantage of it in 2015. Because again, that's my guy. But <laughs> as far as um, here being able to establish the run, even against those kind of heavier boxes is what led to Nico's ability to just get that touchdown. Um, the only unfortunate part, um, so the O-line was pretty good there in terms of, again, coming off the ball and establishing that. Um, but there were times where Penn State was dropping eight or nine in coverage. They were only rushing two or three, and Spencer was still kind of having to deal with a little bit of pressure. So hopefully, um, you know, our offensive line, the more they get to play, the more reps they get, they're going to gel a little bit more. Um, so I'm not overly concerned about that. Obviously, we came away with a win, and that's the biggest thing. All right, so I want to talk about turnovers now. I mentioned that we uh, we won the turnover battle, 4-1, to one, but I want to talk about that one. Let's get the bad news out of the way first. Let's talk about that, explain what happened. Um, it was on a, as you say, sword route. I don't know exactly what that is, but go ahead. Yeah, it's just different verbiage for different things. It's essentially a short in. Um, so it's a play action to get the linebackers up. And I think sometimes this particular route can be a bit convoluted it can get muddy real quick. And um, you want to be able to do it as perfect as possible, but sometimes it it helps to let your receiver run the route and then just kind of let them find the hole. I mean, that's one of the things about zones is that the receiver and the quarterback, as long as they find the the hole in the defense, you won (laughs) or you won that play. So on this particular route, um, you know, we ran it under Davis and we ran it a, a little bit differently than how it's coached now, right, wrong, or indifferent, just different. Um, you know, and, um, so he's trying to get in, Nico's trying to get inside the first backer and then hit the second hole, um, which is what Spencer's thinking too, but it takes Nico a little more time to try and get inside that first backer. So although the ball is coming out at about the right time, it's got some velocity behind it. So, I mean, whether or not Spencer could have taken the ball down, Mm, you know, it's neither here nor there. I'm a receiver. I expect the receiver to make the quarterback look good. That was our thing. We always made CJ look good. (laughs) But um, as far as like that, instead of coming off vertical and then just tucking in right behind that backer, again, different ways to coach it. um, But sometimes I think it can get confusing if you're the receiver trying to figure out exactly where you need to be on that. Um, 
So unfortunately, I still think we could have come down with it, but either way, goes off the hands. Uh, and tip balls are never a good thing when you're in a three verse four bout. So that was our only turnover. That's the good news. The even better news is that our defense caused four turnovers. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. I think we expect, I mean, we expect our defense to be great, of course. There's a very high expectation there. But at the same time, I think in this game, I don't know that we expected them to be this great. Well, not only that, but now we're on 12 straight wins. Mm -hmm. Over the course of those 12 straight wins, we are plus 24 in the turnover margin. I'm I'm pretty sure we're plus 24. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) So let's start with that first one, Justin Jacobs. Yeah, first play, um, Sean Clifford rolls out. Uh, it kind of gave me feelings of Ohio State when Amani Hooker, you know, picked it and went back for a touchdown. I kind of felt that way. Okay, that one or um, Nebraska. Was it 2015? Oh, yeah, Parker Hesse on Parker, the screen. Yep, Parker Hesse right there. Boom. Just catches it right into the right into the end zone. That was a good one, too. So, unfortunately, we weren't able to score a touchdown, but we did get three points out of it. Um, Justin just happened to be in the right time, right place at the right time. I'm not sure if Clifford was trying to throw it away or thought that he could sneak that one in. Yeah, that was weird. Um, either way, threw it to the black, just Wait, like we hey, said they would. You know what? Way to start the game. And I it made me kind of laugh when I thought about it because we had talked about, like, um, the first team to make the first mistake would be the team that would lose. Mm-hmm. And here we are. It took until, you know, about four minutes left in the, or whatever, six minutes in the fourth quarter. But yes. (laughs) But we were right. You were right. (laughs) It made me laugh when there were six minutes left in the fourth (laughs) quarter. Um, Then we've got the Jack Kerner interception. This one in particular really impressed me. The -the over-the-shoulder catch. You typically don't see that out of a guy like him. Well, most people that play DB play DB because their hands are crap. (laughs) but rdbs rdbs are proving that otherwise oh my gosh yeah that was uh, it was insane so they tried to hit us on a double move with dotson their guy Mm -hmm. he comes across the middle boom boom tries to give a little head fake and kerner comes down slightly and then does what we call a baseball turn so instead of trying to keep his hips open and run with dotson he actually turns away from dotson because it's a quicker turn for him to be able to spot where Dawson's going and then turns, locates the ball, catches it over the shoulder. Just a phenomenal play by Jack Kerner. Yeah. Super athletic. Absolutely. Another athletic play, Riley Moss. Yeah. Um, it, it, this one was a bit interesting because he basically ran the route for him. <laughs> so our defenses, our, our DBs are usually a little bit jaded inside. They're a little bit uh, crooked. They're not squared up on the on the uh, wide receiver like most DBs are. They like to um, look in the backfield and kind of see what the quarterback's doing, which is why uh, Riley is able to you know jump the hitch against Indiana because he knew it was a three step drop and boom he's going to hit it. So on this particular time, um, quarterback takes a longer takes a longer uh, uh, drop back. So Riley knows it's going to be a deep ball. He sees the cut. The wide receiver didn't really give him anything at the top. He didn't make a move on him. He made a move away from him so it gives Riley definitely enough time to make an op- make a make an adjustment on the fly runs the post for him again beautiful over the shoulder catch mm-hmm. um came down on his knee I okay so I was down there I was like right there but I didn't see his full celebration so I think there's some people thinking that at least from what I heard that he got hurt during the celebration but when I rewatched it I was like there, he didn't do anything like you know do a front flip and <laughs> hurt himself <laughs> um but he didn't do anything that like really stuck out to me like oh man like i saw it you know go funky there my thought and i could be totally off base here 
was when he came down with the ball, he did land like on his kneecaps. I'm just completely speculating. Just want to drive that home here. Well, I've done something like it was against Minnesota in 2017. I came down and I ended up with a bone bruise on my knee See, just and, by coming down on it. Right. And so he came down on his on his kneecaps is what it looked like. And then he got up. And then my thought was the adrenaline from, you know, running that far, <laughs> running the literal route, um, making that catch, the excitement with him. I think Kerner was right there celebrating with him. And then that adrenaline kind of wore off, set in, and then, oh, my gosh, I'm hurt kind of thing. So I think maybe that's what happened. Totally, Hopefully it's just some minor. Totally guessing. But in the uh, postgame uh, press conference, Coach Ferentz did say that they are optimistic um, that he'll be all right for. Well, you saw him come back on the field, correct? Yeah, he came back on the field, or not on the field, but um, onto the sideline. He was in street clothes, but he had uh, just kind of like an ace bandage looking thing. Not like a full brace and crutches? No, nothing like that. That's good. Yeah, and he looked to be in pretty high spirits. So anyway. That's good. And then our final turnover came from Matt Hankins, who had a couple of fantastic plays, but let's talk about the turnover first. Yeah. I get why he picked it off, but it's fourth down. They're inside like the 20 or 30. I forget exactly where the ball was. If he just bats it down, our offense actually like gets yards. But instead he pads his stats. I get it. He's a senior and get the interception. Um, But if he just bats it down, our offense is actually in a better situation. Either way, great play. Gets the interception. Good for Matt Hankins. I don't know why we got the penalty. Because mm-hmm. we didn't see the three guys that didn't run down to the end zone with him. Mm-mm. But um, just a weird, weird thing there. Yeah, I didn't see that. So if anybody on Twitter did, I'd be curious. But although you wanted him to bat the ball down, I think the interception uh, made it a little more exciting for, for Kinnick. Oh, just I saying. don't doubt it. I don't <laughs> doubt it. It's, if you're going to deal with analytic type stuff, yes, it should have been batted down. If you want to deal with emotional type stuff, then... Yeah, pick it off every single time. And then run down to the other end zone. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time, though. What was it, like an 80-yard, like ran 80 yards for well, that this, celebration? you got to go to the student section. <laughs> That's great. Um, and then his other great play was actually in another fourth down. This one was right, I think it was like right on the 50-yard line, it seemed like. It was mm-hmm. a little farther down from me, um, but right by the, the Iowa bench. And he... Tell me what this tackle was called. He hit stuck him. It was a hit stick. A hit stick. I called it a stick hit earlier. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. Either way, he almost became my unsung hero for that one because fourth down play, super important, and it just looked super dope. (laughs) It's not often you see a DB come up and make a play like that on a running back. You really don't. Mm -hmm. But he's he's not afraid to throw a shoulder a little bit. It was great. He looked unfazed, like a brick wall. I loved every part of it. <laughs> and then he just kind of stood there like, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah, he did. Ain't no and thing. <laughs> he looked at the sideline <laughs> and KF was right there too. And he was like patting him on the head, you know, that whole thing. Um, so he could have been your unsung hero, you said. He could have. But you all as listeners could be the unsung hero of your next tailgate. This is true. You could be the unsung hero of your next tailgate by getting a charcuterie cheese board 
from Galena River Wine and Cheese. You already know I'm a part of the Cheese of the Month Club. They send me a bunch of different cheeses every single month. It arrives right on my doorstep and I typically take them to family gatherings, parties, whatever it might be, and everybody loves it. So go to GalenaRiverWineAndCheese.com, order yours now, take it to your next tailgate. We got a home game coming up. This is your chance, GalenaRiverWineAndCheese.com, or visit them, Galena River Wine and Cheese in Galena, Iowa. All right, unsung heroes. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I feel like you're pretty lit about yours, so go ahead. <laughs> I am. So I have two unsung heroes, but they go hand in hand. Oh, okay. So my first one is the Hawkeye fans. Ayo. You know, my my job, my position with the Hawks rides and dies on the Hawkeye fans, truly. <laughs> when they're hype, when they're ready to go, when everyone's excited, it makes my job so easy and so fun. When it's the other way around, it's a little more challenging. Still fun. A little more challenging. But this game, just straight up fun. And that's because of the Hawkeye fans. They also had a little hand in the game, too. I'm going to say a big hand in the game. I think pretty much everybody was talking about how loud it was in Kinnick Stadium. The announcers were talking about it. And I haven't stopped talking about it. Everyone's like, how was it? What was it like in Kinnick Stadium? I'm like, I've never seen anything like it. It was absolutely unbelievable. When the lights, when the lights turn on, the sun goes down, there's something special about it and you know what's special it's the fans they bring it um so they are my unsung heroes and also the penn state offensive line i think that's a first having the other team as an unsung hero (laughs) oh my gosh i was dying laughing when they had in the north end zone all those false starts um eight total false starts throughout the game that's a lot amazing well so it goes to a few things. Why are you going on a clap? I don't get it. Our offensive line, I'm not going to give away what we do, but our offensive line has a system so that way we don't have to worry about that. Does that mean we never give false starts? No, but we don't go on the clap. Number 70 specifically was getting so mad. Yeah, okay, I didn't see this and you told it. This is a very funny thing. Go but he's got like, I want to say it was after the second one. He looks at the center and he's pissed and he goes, I can't hear the clap. Um, I have a really, for whatever reason, I can read lips really well. It's like a superpower. It makes me so jealous. So like anytime I watch a game and there's a coach like Matt or something. I'll be like, hey, Matt, what is he saying? What's he saying? What's he saying? And he can tell me exactly what you should be like on bad lip readings, but good lip readings. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Um, so he's looking at the center like, I can't hear the clap. And the center's like, there is no clap yet. <laughs> he's like, you're not hearing anything because it hasn't happened. <laughs> And so it's just, they were going back and forth. And number 70 was just in his head until they finally, I think it was after eight false starts, they realized we probably should change the way we snap the ball. Like mid game. Duh. (laughs) Duh. That's that kind of goes back to remember when Nebraska was mad that they were going on the clap. And oh my gosh, yeah, that whole thing. last year. Yeah. Well, and then this actually happened in Michigan. They were playing Nebraska, and Michigan couldn't hear their clap, so they had a few false starts. Like guys, stop wh- it with the clapping. I don't know many NFL teams, if any, that go on a clap. Do you know? Uh, no, I'm the wrong person to ask, but probably not. <laughs> but that was a whole thing. Didn't um, Frost say that it was like in the post game and everything? He got mad. And parents was like clapping. <laughs> yeah. he, friends like I was just clapping for our guys. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh, that was funny. So those are my two unsung heroes, Hawkeye fans. Shout out to you, as if you haven't heard that enough. You guys are incredible. Now give me your unsung hero, Matt. But before you go, I got to tell you my unsung hero. 
when we bought our house. It was the Bales team. They did all the behind-the-scenes work. There's six of them on the Bales team, including you, Matt, and his real estate team. Um, Absolutely incredible. I'll tell you what you guys do. You do absolutely everything. That's right. You want to buy a house? You want to sell a house? You want to buy an acreage? You want to sell an acreage? You want to get some commercial property? You want to whatever you want to do in real estate. Buy a lot. Build a house. They got you. The Bales team at Urban Acres. Matt's a part of the team. They do an absolutely incredible job and uh, they can help you with whatever you need. They've got six people on the team. If one of them's out, one of them's on vacation, whatever it might be, they always have somebody there and at least one of them has experience in anything that you might need in the real estate world. The Bales team at urbanacres.com. Reach out to them. Reach out to Matt. All right, Matt. You're unsung hero. Let me hear it. Well, you could really give it to the units, but I'm going to point out three particular positions. Is he unsung if he has a chant in Kinnick? No. Is he unsung if Pat McAfee tweets about him saying that he should be up for the Heisman? No. No, but I don't care. I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to give it to the specialists. Tori Taylor. Mm-hmm. Caleb Shudak. Yeah. And the Gunners. Okay. Uh, Tory Taylor, over half his punts were inside the 20, um, and uh, I don't know, a handful inside the five, which is hand in hand with great gunner play. Terry Roberts. You can't talk about special teams and not talk about this dude. He could easily play 10 to 15 years in the league strictly on special teams. They are the, dyna- they are the dynamic duo. You know how they have like celebrity, um, like uh, marriage yeah. names and stuff? couple's names it's um tory roberts tory roberts yeah tory roberts or terry taylor <laughs> terry taylor scary terry taylor that's a that's a tongue scary twister. terry taylor you there it is it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry continue um so terry goes down there and catches one of the puns inside the five which I was great that. um there's another one inside the five ivory kelly martin the other gunner gets down there and uh bats it back into the field to play so that way it doesn't go for a touchback little things like that really how about your defense and when you have a defense like i was great special teams play only takes it that much further we also can't talk about this without talking about caleb shudak and ryan gersani the holder and ryan gersani the holder you can talk about speedwack the uh the uh long sniper as well but every time they called shudak's name he went out there and executed yeah he's one of those guys too where this is a perfect unsung hero when he walks out there you're like nope here we go Mm-hmm. he's fine and i think everybody just kind of relaxes and we're just gonna get this one and he's got a boot yeah i mean he's got a strong leg so not only that but then it talks about you know kickoffs it's not very often a team gets a kickoff again kickoff return against us i think they had one mm-hmm. but most of the time it goes through the back of the end zone and so our defense is like okay we got 75 yards and they don't have to worry about oh they're gonna return it to the 50 or right. this it's okay nope 25 here we go mm-hmm. so um, those are my unsung heroes. Guys did great, went out there, did their job, and did it at a high level to the point where where our defense and special teams are great. I, I'd argue that our special teams are top five in the country. I mean, we're top two in the country as a team, but special teams are maybe number one. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're absolutely great, phenomenal, <laughs> as I like to say. As you love to say. That is your word. Um, tell you what, number three... Over number four win, storming the field, that is phenomenal. Storming the field, let me talk to you about that really quickly before we wrap up here. Go ahead. 
when you're down there and everybody's around you, it's fun for a little bit. And then are you like, all right, I'm done. I got to get off now. Yeah. For Ohio State, it was, I mean, we had that game in hand. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like waiting. Mm -hmm. And then I was out there for a little bit. Um, I actually saw one of my buddies who happened to be in town for the game, which was kind of crazy. And then then, I saw you in the tunnel at the same time. Yeah. And then that was it. Yeah. And then Michigan is when I broke my foot. Oh, yeah. So I was in a boot and thankfully one of the strength coaches saw me and I was like, get me out of here. And he like parted everybody like the Red Sea to to get me into the tunnel. That makes me sad to think about. Um, But I actually was going to ask, Spencer was talking about, he's like, um, in his post game, he's like, I've never had that many helmet taps in my life. Does Mm -hmm. it hurt after a certain point? Are you like, please stop touching my head? Because I feel like I would feel like that after the second one. Well, yes and no. You kind of expect it. So you kind of lower your head and you almost close your eyes because you know that everybody's going to do like some dumb BS. (laughs) You're just blinking quickly (laughs) underneath. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'd much rather you hit my shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. I'd much rather you do that. That's a good note for the next time we storm the field. Let's go shoulder pads, guys. Not helmets. (laughs) Quit hitting. The other part of that is that like a guy will get his bell rung or he'll get hit hard and guys will come over and be like, no, no, you good. And like tap his head. (laughs) Like stop it. Yeah. Not the time. <laughs> Not the time. But yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, mm, it's going to happen. I just hope that somebody isn't too drunk and yeah. like, actually hits it. Right. Speaking, okay. of, speaking of helmets, uh, remember CJ's got taken? I do remember that. That was funny. <laughs> they did find it. And they like took it downtown or something, I think. Well, if I were to take CJ's helmet, that's exactly where I would take it. Downtown. <laughs> I'd take it to my apartment. Don't take it somewhere public. That's Yeah, that's Duh. the point. Anyway. So there we go. That was a fun weekend. Phew. I'm exhausted in the best way possible. Very good weekend. <laughs> and now we're number two in the nation. Got to remind you guys about that. We're heading into homecoming week. We've got a 2.30 p.m. kickoff. I love a good 2.30 kickoff. Every game has been 2.30 or 3, right? Yeah. And it just makes my heart happy. I'm not a morning person. So those 11 a.m. kickoffs, those get me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> 2.30, homecoming game, Purdue. What do we know about them? I don't really know a whole lot. I know they beat Illinois 13 to 9, but outside of that, <laughs> I don't really. I, they were, I think they lost by two touchdowns to Notre Dame. Okay. But um, outside of that, I really don't know too much about them. We'll have to dive into the, dive into some of their other games coming up before the preview. Do some research. Gonna have to. Before that preview comes out. Okay. We've got the homecoming parade on Friday, downtown Iowa City. Make sure you're hitting that up. Um, I think that's about all we got. That's it. Just be ready. Another sold out game. Another sold out game. I'm going to see if I can get Tom Brands down on the field again. Hype everybody up. That worked pretty well this time. That was wild. Oh my gosh. I saw the video. Crazy, crazy, crazy. He's, he's always got a lot to say. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give you the mic. You got this one. Smart. (laughs) Smart. Bobby Stoops. Did a great, great job. Marshall Yanda. Marshall Yanda. It was a big game. You have to have Marshall Yanda wave to the crowd. (laughs) Yeah. People got to see that thumb. It's crazy. What he gave to the game. I know. Um, yeah. Wow, we had a lot going on this past game. It was a lot of fun. Homecoming is going to be just as good. It's got to be, right? It's going to be a good time. Okay. Purdue this week. Let's roll. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.